welcome back to How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast brought to you by these3rooms.com. I am your host, my name is Lindsay Blair and I'm the editor of these3rooms.com and Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine. And on this podcast, I'm going to be chatting to experts about some of the hottest topics in kitchen design and bathroom design for that matter. And they don't come much hotter than today's topic. We are going to be chatting all about hubs and whether you should go for a gas hob or an induction hob. Now I'm going to come right out and say that I am firmly team gas, but today's guest has got me thinking about ways that maybe induction might be better, and there's a great little tidbit in there about hubs that can do both. If you are a regular podcast listener, you know how this works by now, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It would really mean a lot if you go on to your podcast provider, rate and review this episode. I love to know what you guys think. And then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Today we are talking about the extremely hot topic of hubs pun totally intended, and whether gas or induction might be the right hob for you and your kitchen. It's one of the things that the team and I on the magazine are often asked about, so here with me today to unravel it all is Ben Hawkswell, who is the senior designer at Roundhouse in Richmond. So hi Ben, how are you down the line? Hi Lindsay, yeah, I'm, I'm very well. Thanks for having me to speak about your hot topic today. <laughs> well, tell us a bit about yourself to get started. Where are you? What does your job entail? Sure. I'm a kitchen designer at Roundhouse. We don't just design kitchens. We, we design all sorts of furniture studies and bedrooms and wardrobes. I've run the Richmond showroom with my partner for the last 11 years. So we party to some fantastic properties and we get asked to do some stunning projects. And we have complete creativity to come up with very exciting designs for for any room in the house. And hopefully help homeowners decide whether a gas or induction hob is right for them. I have to say this is its definitely one of the uh, subjects we spend a lot of time talking about for most kitchen design briefs. A lot of people are a little bit unsure which way to go. So yeah, it's, it's something we look at in, in great detail. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your, your hob wisdom today. But before that, I have to ask you, which team are you on? Are you team gas or are you team induction? So I switched to induction a couple of years back and I'm firmly on that side and I probably won't go back. Although just to sit on the fence a little bit, my dream kitchen might have a combination of the two. Oh, okay. Interesting. We'll get onto that as an option, I'm sure. But I have to admit, I am team gas. Uh-huh. So yeah, we are we are 50-50, which interestingly reflects a poll that we did on KBB magazine on Instagram this week. I thought I'd put the question out there and ask our audience, who said 58% are team induction and 42 like gas. So it is swinging ever so slightly in favour of induction. I'd probably concur with that. We did a straw poll and I think I was somewhere in the region of 60-40, 70-30 to induction. But the interesting thing was 11, 12, 13, 14 years ago, it was very much more 60, 40 gas, I think. So, you know, I can, you know, have, having a decent time in the industry, I've seen it change and yeah. uh, more people being aware of it. So I guess I'm still quite old fashioned then, aren't I? <laughs> well, no, you like what you like. And, and the, you know, there's good reasons to, to stick with gas if it's the right thing for you. 
So should we start by explaining the difference then? Let's start with induction. Let's explain what induction actually is. It may look visually similar to the, the older ceramic hobs. People may be more familiar with the, the, the simple black glass surfaces. They take forever to heat up and forever to cool down. And not particularly great experiences to cook on. Visually, they look the same as that, but inside, they're very, very different. And I have a few tricks up their sleeve. Essentially, once a pan with a, the correct base is, is placed on it, the energy is directed immediately to the pan base, which means rapid heating up and super quick control. Let's get sciencey. How does it actually work? The induction hobs have a copper coil underneath the surface of the glass. It has a current passed through this, and then this creates a magnetic field. So when you place a pan with a magnetized base onto the surface, it effectively completes the circuit. The energy is directed directly and only to the pan base, which means it's super, super quick, but it's very, very efficient also. I'm sure we've all been in properties or I'm thinking student digs where they have those um, ceramic plate hobs. And you're right, they take an absolute age to heat up. Absolutely. Very unsafe. Very difficult to cook on. I mean, I don't know how people cope with them all these years. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's visually that's where the similarities end. But yeah, they're night and day otherwise. So you've mentioned pans a couple of times. And I know what people listening to this are going to be thinking. Do I need to go out and buy a whole new set of pans if I have an induction hob? Is that the case? Not necessarily. As I mentioned before, the pans need a magnetised base. And that will often rule out copper or aluminium pans. The best way to check is to hold a magnet to your existing pan base. If it sticks, it's okay. Newer pans will definitely say on the bottom whether they're suitable or not. Certainly if you've bought some pans in the last 10 years, it will probably, probably tell you at the bottom whether or not. Other questions we get asked are, oh, my Le Creuset won't, will definitely not work, will they? Um, but that's not the case. Cast iron pans work really, really well. Uh, actually, one of my favorite pans that I use on my induction hob is a Le Creuset griddle tray for when I want to slightly char some meat on the on the surface so. <laughs> okay so for the the purpose of balance and as i said i am team gas uh, but we're probably you know as a nation more familiar with gas hobs uh with an open flame but for the purpose of balance you know let's explain what a gas hob is yeah of course the gas hob takes a, a supply a gas supply most frequently from the mains gas supply so obviously generally speaking you need you need gas to your house or property there are one or two models that you can get that will run off bottled gas, but these are quite unique. Usually you'll find them in steel, cast iron supports, but you can get glass bases if you prefer a slightly different look. You'll generally find different sizes of burners on the hob, uh, from very small simmering burners to very large triple crown watt burners. So quite a bit of choice with the gas market, of course. And I've seen very um, nifty gas hobs where they are sort of sunken into the surface as well. Yeah, so this is a, a nice design detail that we can create. Uh, there's a couple of ways you can do this. You can have them flush fitted and, and sunken. And you know, there's a couple of very uh, beautiful Italian brands that, that specialize in things like that. You can take that one step further as well. You can have uh, steel gas hobs of that design welded into a steel surface. So if you want to go for the sort of ultra professional kitchen look, this is another beautiful detail that you can do with gas, but not with induction. So if we think about gas versus induction and we're thinking about what sort of look you want to create in a kitchen, because I think sometimes it does come down to the aesthetic that you're trying to achieve. Which spaces do you think induction and gas might work best in in terms of the look and style? 
Of course, I would say I think they can both work very well in all scenarios, but I understand the question. And I think particularly in more modern kitchen design, the clean lines are the perfect partner with an induction hob to, say, a, a handleless kitchen. We specialize in doing any sort of look or detail, but more frequently we're asked for you know, a handleless clean line kitchen design. And that's a, a fantastic compliment. So an induction hob could create that really slick look, if that's what you're Absolutely, after. yeah. And it's available in different sizes. You can have them wide, uh, six zone, and uh, 90 centimetre models. You can have um, what's called a panoramic style hob, which is three or four in a line across. So it gives you a little bit more work surface in front and behind. So there's a number of different shapes and sizes and applications that you can work with, particularly of that style of kitchen. And is it as simple as plugging it in for an induction? Do you just need a, an electric supply? That's an excellent question because, it, of course, you need an ele- electric supply, but it needs to be a dedicated electric supply, which means it's pretty juicy. So that normally needs to run, uh, well, it will need to run back to the fuse board. So it, it's a greater uh, loading than a, a traditional oven, often more than the range oven. So you may need some electrical work putting in place if you don't already have this. They're comparable to the old ceramic hob. So if you were replacing a ceramic hob with an induction, that might be an easier switch over. So in short, if you are going the induction route, you will need to speak to your electrician as well. Absolutely. Speak to your electrician, your kitchen, or possibly a kitchen designer, just to make sure everything's correct before ordering and commissioning the work. So if an induction hob creates a slick aesthetic, does a gas one create a more traditional look, would you say? Yeah, I'd probably go along with that. It's definitely more detailed. It's more synonymous with the cook's kitchen, that more hands-on, connected feel. One of the pros, I think, of of gas cooking is you see the flame, you hear the flame, perhaps a slightly more immersive experience. I think that's why I like it, because you can sort of see what's going on, can't you? And you get a gauge of what sort of heat you're creating whether that's really fiery or medium or low and you can sort of you know see it with your own eyes whereas induction I find it's, it's a bit blind but I, I do know that the people that I've spoken to like you who've got an induction hob they wouldn't go back to gas. Yeah you're quite right I mean I'm, I'm a techie I like my gadgets uh, wi-fi connectivity to my uh, my hob and I love it I, I can't get enough of that sort of thing but it's that's not for everyone you know uh, again, it's, it's more sort of touchy-feely, um, you know, turning knobs as opposed to fiddling with, with touch control buttons. So I completely get that. You mentioned the, the sunken hobs before, and they are gas. So you can create that slick aesthetic. If you wanted that, you know, seamless style, but you still wanted gas, you can go for something that's a bit more, I say, higher end and design-led rather than one that is lifted off the surface. Yeah, of course. So if we take an example of the Baratza sunken hob, it's a, a good price point. It's fully sunken, can be flush welded into a steel surface or fitted flush with any any other solid surface. A step up further in terms of specification, Gaganel offers the most powerful gas hob on the market. Again, can be welded into the surface. You can have a choice of positioning your controls either on the front of the work surface or on, on the surface of, of the countertop. So as with anything, there are definitely some very high spec options available. They tend to be more complicated or, or have a knock-on effect to the cabinetry. So again, you've got to uh, speak with your kitchen professional just to make sure that this could be planned in an existing kitchen correctly or going into obviously a new project correctly. I mean, with anything really, we would always advise, especially when it comes to appliances, that you do speak to a professional. 
because things like we found today, you know, the the electrical supply needs to be slightly different to your standard plug mains. So, you know, getting that advice is really, really invaluable. So, right, I'm thinking about my new kitchen. I'm in the market for a hob and I'm absolutely torn between gas or induction. So we've covered what they are and what style they can create. But what else should I be thinking about? Should I be thinking about the way I cook or my family? What what else do I need to think Definitely. about? Definitely, yeah. So first thing I would probably go with is the question on the family. Do you have young children? You know, is there concerns about small hands reaching over hot surfaces? The induction probably wins on that front. It's a safer surface. With prolonged cooking, the, the surface will warm to a degree, but by, not by any measure of the old ceramic hobs, which are very dangerous to touch. So once again, it's directing the energy at the pan and not the surface itself. It's also a flat surface in which to place pans on, so perhaps less chance of things falling off or being knocked. I certainly find that's the case. I'd also ask, do you look for convenience? An induction hob is definitely more convenient. It's far, far quicker. It's incredibly easy to clean. I'm a bit of a mucky pup myself, but it will take me two sprays of an anti-back <laughs> and an e-cloth wipe to clean my hob after a, a good use of it. Other things to think about, do you have a boiling water tap? If you don't, as with myself in, my, in the design I, I made from, uh, for my kitchen, the induction is a really good shout. It has a water boost function, so you can boil a, a, a pan of water or certainly enough for a couple of cups of tea in, within a couple of minutes. So I thought forego the, the boiling tap on this occasion and got a special induction kettle which I, I find works very well. So you could free up space on your worktop and get rid of the plugged in kettle? Yeah, what you're saying? absolutely yeah. So uh, move the cable, yeah more flexibility with the kettle. You can get coffee pots that you can place directly onto the induction hob. So yeah it's, it's more, more flexible than you might initially think. Do I need to think about the way I cook as well because I'm thinking making stir fries and flipping a wok and, you know, on gas, that just seems to be the natural affinity. Do I need to think about the dishes I like to make? Definitely. You've mentioned the, the most important one there, wok cooking. My experience, even with a flat-bottomed induction wok, not quite as good as using it on gas. So if you do a lot of Asian cooking, then this is a very important point, whether you'd be happy with a, a regular induction hob. There are a couple of brands that manufacture a an induction hob with a sort of dimple to it, which will fit a standard wok. Now those replicate the gas wok experience better, but they need extra space. They're pretty expensive and there's extraction questions over that as well. So it's it's not as easy as a, a simple single gas hob or single induction hob. I have spoken to chefs before who in their home will have an induction and a gas hob. Now, obviously, there's cost implications to having two hobs. But if you love to cook and you do love Asian cooking and just more everyday cooking or general cooking, you could have both, right? That's a great suggestion. Yeah. Again, I think where the space allows it, why not have the best of both worlds? I mean, my personal dream setup would be a three or four induction hob surface uh, and then a nice big gas wok on the side. There are some manufacturers that actually make gas hob with the two uh, fuel sources combined. So uh, Smeg is one. Um, I believe there's a couple of other Italian brands that do that. So yeah, you can get a single zone unit with both uh, fuel sources if you wish. So if you really, really can't decide, there is still an option. You could have gas and induction. Absolutely. There's not as much choice for that, but, you know, as a single zone one, but you can certainly, you can build your spec. Yeah. 
You mentioned extraction, and I think it's probably worth just touching on that because, you know, it's a key part of when you're choosing a hob, you naturally need to choose your extraction as well. And some of the latest innovations in hobs are extractor hobs. Shall we just explain what they are? Yeah, so they can either be a single hob with an extractor fully built in, or they can be several modular hobs with the extractor. So you can plan, for example, gas or induction together. Um, the principle of that is that the extraction air is drawn down. The motor within the unit creates an airflow that pulls the odours and the, and the grease and, uh, and the steam down. And ideally, it would be ducted out, but it can be recirculated in, within the, the body of the unit as well. We're finding at the moment that these are really dominating the market. Certainly for the kitchens that, that we look at, we most often have an island and we most often plan the hob on the island. Or There are obviously some exceptions to that. And these sorts of hobs are really made for that, really made for the sort of chef's island concept, you know, sociable cooking, not needing an extractor in your sight line and giving you more freedom with the pendants or lighting over an island. So these are really, really popular at the minute. I mean, while we're talking about islands, we need to think about where the hob is going to go. And I often hear people debating whether they should put the hob on the island, if they're having an island, that is or if they should put the sink on the island. And it seems to be as strong as a debate as gas or induction is. So what sort of side do you fall on in terms of the design of an island and whether to put the hob there or not? My uh, my preference, again, hob on the island. You know, there's a little bit of the sort of theatre that I, don't, I enjoy from that. But again, that can be an objection for some people that they're not a confident cook. They don't want to be watched. But more often than not, people want to cook on the island. They want to view the garden, the living area, the dining area, or what it, however the, the setup is in that particular property. And you might complement it with a prep sink, for example, if the space allows it. And then you're really giving yourself lots of functions on the island surface. More often than not, 70% of our projects with islands, we might put, put the hob on the island and, and create the, you know, the washing and food storage against the wall. And if you've got a, a hob on the island, you're probably best come with an induction one because if you, especially if you've got kids with little fingers and if they're sat at a breakfast bar, you don't want to have little fingers maybe hovering over that gas flame if you do have a gas hob on the island. Yeah, and I think, I think this is all linked. The size of the projects, the spaces, the take-up of islands and you know the increase in people going with induction hobs, I think this, this is all definitely linked and you know, they're much more suitable gives you more flexibility in planning seating areas near the hob. So you're quite right with that, yeah. So safety first. Now, you mentioned earlier the easy cleanness of an induction hob. And you're right. I mean, I will confess, even though I am on Team Gas, I'll confess that cleaning an induction hob is much, much easier. I mean, probably one of the the biggest cons, I would say, for me of a gas hob is having to take the grates out, get around all the different flame outlets to get it really really clean whereas an induction hob you literally just spritz and go don't you absolutely even if you put them in the dishwasher it's it's still very difficult and there's corrosion over time with the the cast iron they'll never look new after a few years so induction especially if it's flush fitted clear winner there is even one or two models that you can get where the induction coils are fitted under the surface so you don't even see a hob this is really sort of quite specialist. I don't think it's right for every situation, but if you wanted the ultimate clean look and not even see a hob and just a surface to clean, there's an option for that as well. 
So is that when you just have, you know, whatever worktop you choose is the hub, totally seamless? Is that what that is? Effectively, that's what you create. Yeah, you need to look at only a certain type of worktop. Granite is suitable, uh, a porcelain style composite, anything with with a a very high heat resistance. And it's suitable to actually run the, the electromagnetic field through the surface and then directly to the pan on the surface. That sounds very, very nifty, but I think it also sounds quite expensive, which brings me on to my next question. Cost, you know, kitchens, they're not cheap and neither are appliances, but induction is uh, more expensive than gas, isn't it? For sure. Comparative, just a little bit pricier. I mean, a small, decent quality induction hob, maybe around five or six hundred pounds, but going up to around four thousand for some very high line models. One or two brands that would have, offer zoneless technology so you could have four, five, six pans on a surface, move them wherever you wish. The hub will recognise what you're doing and where you're moving it. And obviously they come at a high premium. You can pick up a gas hub for uh, below £100, I'm sure. Um, but a comparative sort of manufacturer, uh, if you're talking five, £600 for an induction hub, maybe you know £300 for the comparative gas model. And how long do you think they last, you know, to give an idea of sort of cost per use over time? Interesting question. I think gas hobs are very robust. There's very little that can go wrong or be damaged on them. So one might say gas would probably edge it in terms of longevity. Sadly, I have broken an induction hob. So, you know, as, as strong as the, the toughened glass is, particularly with a, a flush surface, if you're a little too heavy handed with something, the glass, you know, possible to damage. So that's something that should be factored in as well. Were you busy sort of flipping a wok and getting really into it? So, uh, so I've got some cabinets planned over and over my hob and a concealed extractor, and sadly something fell from one of the units from a great height. Ah. So, so a bit of carelessness on my part, but it, everyone knows how careful they, uh, they are when they're cooking or, or when they're working with things. So that's something I think people should consider. So with the the current stats, as I mentioned in the poll that we ran, we're just edging for induction to be the the front runner in popularity. Do you think it will become the choice for everyone going forward? Well, it's definitely heading that way and it's hard to predict, but obviously things with fossil fuel combustion are slowly being phased out. I think we're a long way from that in terms of the domestic gas market, but even in my 15 years in the industry, just to see a significant change from predominantly gas to predominantly induction. So it's heading in that way. And let's not forget, it's also technology. The induction will continue to improve. You know, it will probably continue to be uh, get more efficient, you know, more features, whereas the gas has largely been a sort of similar sort of function and design over the last few decades. I've got one last question for you, which is what I round each episode off. What is your golden rule for kitchen design? Keep storage, prepping, cooking and washing nicely zoned with a good workflow and and you really can't go wrong. And what is the biggest mistake that you think people make and how should they avoid it? I think things like unsightly or impractical door clashes, definitely one to avoid. It's something that might not prevent the kitchen from working well, but it will really grate on the user every day. 
Brilliant. Well, that seems like a really great point to round off on. So, Ben, thank you very, very much for imparting your hub wisdom on us today. And although we are split down the middle, although you have given me some food for thought to think about uh, when it does come to induction, hopefully we've managed to help you, the listener, decide which might be best for you and your kitchen. So, Ben, before I let you go, where can people find you online? So, roundhousedesign.com will showcase some beautiful examples of real case studies and, and projects that we've completed. And you can take a look in the different showrooms. We have six showrooms in and around the southeast. So you can um, view what we've got in any of the shops or book a meeting or get in touch with, with more questions. Well, thank you very, very much, Ben, for your time today and enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Bye. Well, we talked about hubs for a good length of time there, and I'm sure we could have carried on. As I mentioned, it is certainly a hot topic up for debate. So have you decided whether you are team gas or induction? I'd absolutely love to know. But for now, I just want to say a big thank you to Ben at Roundhouse Richmond for his time and for imparting his hub wisdom onto us today. And really, I think it came down to the type of cooking you like to do, your family, whether you've got little ones or not, and the space that you've got available, whether you've got an island, whether you've not got an island. So really, I hope that it's given you some food for thought as well. Do let me know. As always, if you do have any questions and want to get in touch, you can email me on hello at these three rooms.com. Please do. I'll say this every week and I know that you already know it, but please do go on and rate, review and subscribe to the episode so that you'll not miss any future ones. Next time, I'm going to be chatting about small bathrooms and how you can make the most of every single inch of space to make yours wow and super functional. For now, thank you for listening and join me next time for more of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast.